Welcome. Thank you for listening to Spiritual Living with author and teacher Francois Feinberg. May the message you're about to hear earnestly touch your heart, and may it encourage you in your ongoing love of God the Father, your enjoyment of the Lord Jesus Christ, and your fellowship in both the Holy Spirit and the body of Christ. Many of the writings within the New Testament is to warn and in a way pull people out of spiritual ditches. I think of the letter that is written to the Hebrew Christians to pull them out of the ditch of traditionalism and spiritual formalism. I think of the book to the Galatians that deals with the issue of spiritual legalism and performance-oriented spirituality. I think of the letters written to the Corinthian Ecclesia where the ditches of sectarianism and sensationalism and libertinism are uh, addressed. I think of John's Gospel, the book to the Colossians, and I think particularly to the first letter um, of John that deals with this issue of Greek influence and Greek esoteric knowledge and Gnosticism. I think also of the seven letters that were written to the seven communities in the book of Revelation, how just about in every one of those seven communities, there is the admonition of the Lord Jesus to come out of these spiritual ditches and errors, if you will. So spiritual ditches is nothing new, and certainly within our day and age, we have many, many ditches. The New Testament is rather simple. It is a life by faith, by grace, in Christ, a rebirth by spirit, and a walk with God. It's rather simple, and it's as though you're walking on a straight and narrow road. But just like in the first century, we too in our modern era experience these alluring temptations to derail us from the straight and narrow and to land us in a ditch somewhere. And in this session, I want to cover briefly seven ditches we often fall prey to. And those seven ditches initially seem so good, uh, so relevant. It's, it's like the tree of the knowledge of good and evil to the man and the woman in the garden. Initially, it just seemed so good and pleasant to the eyes and desirable to make one wise. But when you bite into that ditch... You lose the enjoyment of God. You lose the reality of God. And it's just as though the, the energy and the vibrancy and the vitality of the spiritual life just dissipates. And that's what ditches do. They drain us of the living Christ, so to speak. Paul writes to the believers here in Galatia. And he says in chapter 5, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand fast, therefore, and do not be entangled again with a yoke of slavery. Don't go back to bondage. Don't deviate into all of these ditches, however alluring. Paul goes on in chapter 5, verse 2, and he says a rather profound word. He says, Behold, I, Paul, say to you that if you become circumcised, 
That is, if you return to legalism, Christ will profit you nothing. There are so many of us that can testify in the beginning days of our walk with God. God was so real, so relevant, so intimate, and he profited me. I I could experience God, and I had energy as a result of walking with God. But as the days and the months and the years drag on, it's as though God becomes a burden, and I lose my appetite for God, and it's as though Christ doesn't profit me anything anymore, and so I cling to this, and I pursue that, and I I try to get into this ditch and extend an arm uh, down this rabbit trail, and for all our grasping, it's as though we lose the enjoyment of Christ. And this is what Paul is telling the Galatian believers. If you land in these ditches, Christ will profit you nothing. In other words, Christ, who is the all-inclusive everything of God to the believer, Christ should profit us. Christ should minister to us. He's the high priest ministering the realities of heaven to us. Christ is the one that should be filling us. He should be the drink in us, the wine in us, the bread in us, the light in us, the, the life in us. He is everything the believer needs. But when we go to these ditches, it's as though the the reality of Jesus in me dissipates. And I want to visit with you regarding seven ditches. In a message that I spoke to a group of young people who were at the upstart of their walk with God, and I earnestly contended with them to stay in faith the way they came into Christ, to stay in spirit, to stay in the Lord, to stay in the straight and the narrow. And I passionately warned them regarding seven ditches. Number one, culture. Number two, legalism. Number three, spiritual entertainment and sensationalism. Number four, intellectualism. Number five, spiritual consumerism and libertinism. Number seven, factions, divisions, sectarianism. And then lastly, spiritual emotionalism. Among many ditches, these are the seven I spoke to a group of young people about, and I want to fellowship with you regarding these seven ditches. If we get into these, Christ will profit us nothing. So the first thing, among many, that frustrates people's walk with God is culture. And, can I add to it? Christian culture. I'm going to hurt some feelings now, but we have a confessional booth. It's downstairs in that dungeon. That's where we deal with the issues of the darkness in your soul. Please come. My favorite Jesus quote, they will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Okay. Listen to me. We think because we're born in a Christian culture, this is how we come in, through our culture. That's why a lot of people then live just the nominal Christian culture. It's because that's the way they came in. I was born into a Christian culture, so therefore I just do Christian things. Uh-uh-uh. You have to be born of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. 
Everybody with me? But even worse, here's what many of us do. We're born of the Spirit. We have a marvelous response of faith to God. Yes, Jesus! We shout louder than people do in a football game. That's a miracle right there. Yeah. You want to see a bunch of people embarrassed about God? Bring them to church. You want to see a bunch of people confident about football? Take them to a football game. Okay. So a lot of us, we're coming to God. We're so excited about God. We might even shout. God forbid. Okay. What happens is, all of a sudden, we begin to disobey the voice of the Spirit. We step out of faith, and now we just get back into the Christian rut. And nothing will kill your walk with God than culture. More than culture. Culture is, is, is a human invention of how to cope with the realities of this world. And culture creates pattern, patterns. Culture creates teachings. Culture creates uh, traditions. And what we do is we begin to bite into the traditions instead of into the living Lord. And I wonder you're frustrated. Listen, culture is not the way you come into the kingdom. The Spirit is. Therefore, you walk in the Spirit. Some of you so desperately want to obey the voice of the Spirit. But culture would not allow you. Why? Because it's not the cool thing to do. And if you want Christ to grow in you, and you want Christ to benefit your person, sooner or later, you have to turn your back on your culture. Take up your cross. Deny yourself. Now, I'm not saying be a rebel without a cause. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying you dishonor parents and buck the system. But I'm saying to such an extent that if culture clashes with the calling of God, you've got a choice to make. And if you fail to make that choice, you will stay frustrated with God until you repent, baby. <laughs> and say, Lord, I'm more in love with my culture and how I look versus raw, radical obedience. Number two, a ditch Christians get into legalism. Legalism. You did not have a start in legalism. You had a start in grace, freedom, the Spirit of God, uncontained, unconstrained love of God, forgiveness, justification. You were just in an instant by the Spirit made right, made a son of God, made a daughter of God, just by a raw act of faith. I'm losing a lot of people. I'm not sure. Is that something that's said? Oh, that's right. Christian's got to eat ice cream. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Where were we? So many people have a radical encounter with the freedom of God. Like the Galatian people, a bunch of pagan hooligans, all of a sudden set free, forgiven. Just wonderful new life in God. All of a sudden, no, I need to be perfected. And I've watched Christians have had a marvelous encounter with God. A radical miracle takes place. And then they suppose they can walk in legalism other than how they were born in God. Do you follow with me? And they run into ditches and into bondages and they can't understand. Why doesn't God talk to me? He will not talk to you. He loves you. But y'all are not on talking terms. As long as you observe seasons and months and you, you have a, a works mentality for all you performance type A driven people... This is not going to work with God. What works with God is the Spirit is Lord. 
Yes, Lord. That's the appropriate response. It's not like I initiate now things for God like the Galatian people did. This was a massive, massive uh, boulder in, in your walk with God. It's legalism. And sooner or later, I'm not talking for you to become some wild, loose person, unrestrained. What I'm talking about is if you live by the Spirit, this will be the best way to get to know God, to grow in God, and to be delivered from all the guck some of us are involved in. Not legalism. You you, you pick up your performance, orientation, and syndrome before God, and right there, you kill that marvelous, life-giving interaction with the Lord. Nothing kills like legalism, okay? Number three, entertainment. This is the people who they think they're going to come into the kingdom through entertainment. So we have to like pamper these people, sing for them, um, impress them. But I want to tell you, they were the Israelites in the Old Testament, where God time and again and again and again impressed them with the miraculous. You remember the Hebrew people in Egypt? God provided for these people. Every single day, miracle upon miracle, and yet they fell short. They wanted to come into the things of God by being impressed and being entertained, but it cannot keep you in God. And you'll see people who try to come in through the door through entertainment. It's going to take entertainment to keep you in Christ. That's why so many people backslide in our day and age. I tell you guys. Don't rejoice too much over all the numbers of being saved. Weep over the saved people backsliding. And I want to tell you, the greatest culprit is entertainment. People who want to come, I'll serve God if He does this or that or the other. And they want God to show off. Impress me. What do you got to say? What do you got to do? You know, in my ministry, I see so many people, they just come in like, okay, impress me. You receive nothing. Because that's not how you come into the kingdom. You come into the kingdom by spirit, right? You live by faith. If God does a miracle for you, great. But none of y'all should seek miracles. You've got something greater than manifestation. It's called faith. If you disagree, just keep quiet. You've got something greater than God showing off. And by the way, the greatest manifestation, the greatest miracle God ever performed to convince you, to impress you, was the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ our Lord. If you disagree, just keep quiet. But here's what happens. Christians want to be entertained, or world, because we're worldly people, and entertainment is a, is a thing to, you know, pamper the flesh. So we take that spirit of entertainment, we put it on God. We're like, you entertain me. And so now, I feel good. I feel great. So I come through the door of entertainment. Guess what? The way you come in is the way you will have to live. That's why so many people need to go from entertainment here to entertainment there to impress me here to running all over the place. And yet they're, they're Christless. Christ is not formed in them because entertainment is different than the spirit of Christ. Only the spirit of Christ can form Christ in you and make Christ benefit you. Entertainment cannot. Is Christian music wrong? No. Are Christian books wrong or TV or no? 
But you've got to be careful if you're leaning on those crutches. It will not perfect you. It will frustrate you. Let me ask you guys who are Christians by culture. If we take you out of this American Christian culture and I drop you there in Paganville, most folks end up denying God because they're Christians of culture. Like we're Christians of legalism. Like we're Christians of entertainment. If you want to punish a Christian, take their iPhone away from them. <laughs> take their best... <laughs> yeah, you know, I have a way. I have a way to separate the wheat from the chaff. I take all your hill songs, all your Bethel songs, all your valley songs, all your coffee songs. I take all away. And I lock you up in a prison like Watchmany for the next 20 years with no Bible, no book, no music, no fellowship. And we'll see if God is real to you or not. Y'all with me? But some of you can't talk to God unless you've like learned a song or like sing a song or like have a goosebump or... <laughs> Let me tell you, you've got problems. <laughs> it, it, entertainment. This is that thing like inspiring. Yeah. And that's why people hop churches. Sorry for stepping on most of y'all's toes. God didn't lead you on. He would rather have you like serve there and die a little bit and like help there a little bit. But now you're like, ah, I didn't like the sermon. Ben's not good. I'm out. Yeah. God no, you've got spiritual ADD. You. <laughs> Okay, the next one. I'm going from, this was really good and positive. Let's just dig deeper into the pit. Yeah. Intellectualism. People think, if I can figure God out, then I'll serve Him. It didn't work that way for Abraham. He had to leave without anywhere with all where he was going. Or what was going to happen. That's why it's called the father of faith. And according to the book of Galatians, that if you're of Christ, then you're also Abraham's kid. Therefore, Abraham is your greatest role model in the Bible besides Jesus. Not David. Not Solomon. Abraham. Who left and by faith pursued the purposes of God in his life. But here's what's happening to a lot of us. We, we think intellectualism is the way to come. And so we argue with people. Apologetics. Oh, God. So we reason everything out. Guess what? If that's the way you come in, ladies and gentlemen, then it's going to take a lot of reason, a lot of persuasion, a lot of intellect to keep people in faith. That's why folk deny God, because they came in by intellect. It takes intellect to keep them being in the faith. And the moment there's a better persuasion or a better argument, they just backslide. They, they drop out of the race. Y'all with me? You came in by the Spirit. You responded by faith, not knowing anything. And now you're living and the Spirit will illuminate you. He will teach you. He will instruct you. He will shine upon you. Principle, dynamic, upon dynamic. Yeah, you will know. But knowing is not how you came in. Knowing is just a byproduct. You with me? Take a chill pill <laughs> in interrogating God. I say this every time I speak to Christians. God is not a Google. Yeah. He's a dad. He likes to play catch with you. Yeah. Not spit out information at you. I've watched people, even though if God today were to explain everything to you, He would have, if this was the way. 
But since he doesn't, and since we don't know, you, you have something still to interact with God. Faith, baby. Amen. Faith. There's a bunch of people in the Bible who try to figure God out. Job and his friends. Huh. That didn't go great. They asked all the questions you guys asked. And guess what? God did, in the holy, divinely inspired word of God, God chose not to answer them. In fact, he asked them a few questions and kind of stumped them. Ask all the questions you want from God. In a way, you frustrate yourself. Be like me and just say, Lord, I'm an idiot. Holy Spirit, take over. I'll tell you what. <laughs> Watch what happens. You did not come in through the door being all bright, all wise. In fact, God did not chose the strong among you. He did not chose the wise among you or the rich. God chooses the pitiful, the, the, the idiot. It's like, to God, I'm an idiot. Hell. He's like, okay, I can do something with this. <laughs> I'm not saying it's wrong to study. I'm a student. I'm a scholar. Mm -hmm. And I try to be all goofy to play some of this down. But man, I know a few things by now too. Mm -hmm. But I don't pride myself on any one thing, nor do I try. Intellect, the tree of the knowledge of what is good, it, that's not where it is at. Mm -hmm. You have to Google for that. Mm -hmm. Don't get God and the Google confused. Mm -hmm. Play catch with your father. Love your father. Walk with him in love, not understanding. And just watch how your walk with God will take on power. A lot of us come into the door because I'm the center of it all. And God can benefit me. He can give me a boyfriend. So that's why I go to church, you know, because odds are better. He can give me a girlfriend. He can give me a spouse. With God, I even get heaven. Isn't that awesome? There's a lot of us who come into this door really self-absorbed, and God is just sort of the answer to my lust, my cravings. Okay? So then, on this side... We begin to then walk with God. It's just how it can benefit me. What it can do for me. Which is good. God wants to give. God wants to bless. God wants to provide. God wants to lead. I'm all for that. Is everybody with me? Mm -hmm. But mark my words, saints. I've watched this. The moment God does not pamper your comforts, people check out. They're like, you're mean. And they get offended with God. Why? Because they think, as long as God benefits me, and which He does, and God's benefited you by giving you eternal life. And He's given you Himself. And He's given you His Spirit. And He's given you His Word. Of course God benefits us. Everybody with me? Yes. But sooner or later, you've got to make the swap where you say, whether you slay me or not. Whether you bless me or not. Whether circumstantially things turn out favorable or unfavorable. I don't care. Lord, I love you. Is everybody with me? <laughs> as long as you're just a consumer, an absorber, and it just benefits you. If that's the way you came in, then God's got to just pamper you like a Father Christmas all day long. And sooner or later, He's not going to answer some of y'all's prayers. Did I just blaspheme? <laughs> sooner or later, God's just going to see whether you're really after Him or heaven. Sooner or later, He's going to disappoint all of us. Hello, John the Baptizer. Stuck in prison. God's not going to deliver some of us. 
Why? Because it's always about you. Sooner or later, you've got to get to that place where you say, Lord, I don't care if you do one more good thing for me. I'm in. And the only person that can create such a resolution within you is the Spirit of God, who's the Spirit of Christ, who's the only person that said, Father, even if you slay me, not my will, yours be done, Lord. Is everybody with me? How did you come into the Christian faith? Through culture, legalism, entertainment, intellectualism, consumerism, that's just the word I came up with, or did you come in this way? Libertinism. Or, in our street language, hedonism. This is the folk who, they gleefully believe in Jesus, but it's kind of a casual thing. Again, it benefits me. Then now we live in here and we live loose. We sleep around. We disobey. We drink. We get drunk here. We it just we live loose. Why? Because we're free, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> God is good, you know? And that's how I see the vast majority of people live, either in legalism or in this hedonistic, self-serving libertinism where you're so so-called free, you just do whatever you want. You go wherever you want. All in, I'm going to go adventure in the name of Jesus. I've got a prophetic word that I'm supposed to see the countries of the world. <laughs> God's not going to give you a prophetic word. Oh, I want to go show you the nations of the world so that you could like have Instagram posts. <laughs> you Christians are bark that you're not serving the God I'm serving. You're creating some imaginary God. It's really hedonism. It's really still self-seeking, self-pleasure. So you're just craving all of these things, not really seeking the Lord's kingdom, not really laying down your life. It's all about just, I'm adventuring. You all with me? I want to tell you, God will pour out spiritual gifts in you for the building of the body of Christ, not for the likes on your Facebook. I know I just blasphemed. Forgive me. Listen to me, saints. Libertinism is people who really don't care what God wants. I really don't care. I've made up my mind how I'm going to live. I'm going to do this career, do this, go there. And it's just, I do, like it says in the book of Judges, everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Can you all follow with me? Some folks step into this ditch of culture, legalism, entertainment, intellectualism, consumerism, coupled with hedonism. Now, I wanted to be a hotel owner. I was... So in love with the idea of long hair and an island and a tennis club and a golf course. Mackenzie knows. She worked for me. This was my obsession. But at age 17, when I met Jesus, I gave up all that stuff. I got delivered. And my life is no longer... I'm even in a foreign country, for crying out loud. There's only one answer now for the person that needs to grow in Christ. Mature in Christ. It's yes Lord, no longer, how can it benefit me? How can it favor me? Or, no longer, I, but Christ who lives in me, which is the verse all disciples should really have ingrained in their soul. Yeah. You're not free anymore to just do what you want, study what you want, spend like you want, go where, you can't do that. Those who are born of the Spirit are led of the Spirit. 
You cannot be led by the culture or just this libertine spirit that is so prevalent. You came into the kingdom as you've received him by spirit, by faith. But a lot of us, I watch people now on two continents, I watch a lot of us. We come into the kingdom because of men and movements and ministries and messages. And yeah, how could I hear unless someone preach? That's a fact. But here's what happens to so many of us. We believe in Jesus, but through this man. I believe in you, Jesus, uh, over there, but through this ministry. So what happens is, I see so many of us, we marry actually ministries, messages, denominations, movements, let's say men and women. And are they servants of God? Yes. Do they preach the truth? By and large, yes. Are those movements breathed of the Spirit of God? Yes. But here's the problem that, 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 that besets us. If you come into the kingdom of God because of a man, then it's going to take a man to keep you in the kingdom of God. If you come in because of nice messages, then it's going to take nice messages to keep you in the kingdom. That's why most of you get bored with messages. Why? Because messages is how you came in. So it takes messages to keep you in. And if the message is not good, you're like, oh, I'm out. Everybody with me? Yeah. Now, I'm a teacher. I give messages. I'm a man. I have a ministry. But I tell everybody, do not quote me. How many times do I say that? If I find you quote me, you're in the principal's office. And it's strange that Christians cannot speak for God in them. They can only quote their pastor. They can only quote a book. They can only hear God through a message or a ministry and not for themselves. You're about to get into a ditch. It's something in this culture that I watch people. They cannot say the Lord is doing this. Or the Lord. They can only say pastor Zuma Zuma said this, that, and the other. They're married to men. And they would say, I'm of Apollos. I'm of Paul. I'm of Peter. And that's why people get into factions and what we call divisions and denominations. And they get all dogmatic. And they can't understand why can I not go on with God? Because that's not the way you came in. Or is it? Men will disappoint you. Just hang around with me for a while. And you'll be disappointed. Some of you are already tonight. <laughs> Ministries will let you down. Messages will fail. A pastor cannot preach a stunning message 365. He just yeah. can't. We, we're not supermen. Yeah. I've got a marriage to take care of. I've got kids to raise. It's tough. And so many people are fickle. Why? Because you're married to these temporal things. Yeah. You're getting into a ditch. A man doesn't bring you to the kingdom of God. The Spirit of God. Jesus the Christ brought you. Now, walk in him as you proceed. Everybody with me?
feelings did not bring you into the kingdom of God. Therefore, feelings cannot keep you in the kingdom of God. They come and they go. And if you've got them, great. And if things are circumstantially nice and harmoniously and you, you just God just shows up and yes, amen, a hundred yeses, that's beautiful. But here's the mistake I see young people make. You cash in and bank too much on your fickle, trivial, fleeting feelings with God. When God has given you a tool, it's called faith. I'm still struggling to find a verse where feelings is the way that you connect with God. I read a very old school Bible, so call me a little bit archaic, forgive me. But maybe there's one in y'all's new school Bibles. So while we're on this topic of feelings, help me out a bit. <coughs> Give me a verse on how feelings helps me grow in Christ, mature in Christ, get right. Romans 1 verse 17, thank you. The just shall live by feelings. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mark 11. Have feelings before God and you will say to this mountain, be removed. <laughs> or Second uh, uh, Corinthians 5, uh, verse 7. Uh, we walk by feelings. <laughs> Does that not trouble some of y'all that I'm preaching all this heresy? <laughs> well, how about this one? Feelings is the substantiation of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. <laughs> That's from your new age Bible. Or how about this one? Hebrews 11, verse 6. You know, without feelings, it's impossible to. <laughs> so, let me close up with this and then challenge you. Um, guys, I see too many of you that want some emotional feeling with God. And you want some song, some prophecy, which we do. We believe in it. We, we sing over it. We do all of that. It's beautiful. But I think some of you, just you're so crippled until somehow there's... Yeah, I'm picking up some good vibration. No. No, 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 no. You came in by the Spirit through faith. Now walk in it. And if God gives you some feelings and things turn out nice and the sun says it's perfect, thank you, God. Yay, God. But even if you were to slay me and it gets to be the middle of the night and Ronnie cannot sing for me. <laughs> and now I just heard another feeling. <laughs> Lord, listen to me. Some of y'all's lives... Things are not supposed to work together right now to get you out of your fickle, fleeting feelings. That's why some of you are about to suffer. That's why the rug is going to be pulled out from under your feet. Because you're trusting too much in sensationalism. You're with me? I want to challenge all of y'all. How did you receive God? By faith. Then walk by faith. Okay? And if you walk by faith and have no feelings and things don't come together, then you're in great company. You're pretty much with every man and woman in the Bible. Because they all had to walk this thing out. Not because they felt dapper. 
conquered by faith. Amen? Amen. And I know you guys are tired. You're more than halfway through the season. And there's a lull in you. And you're waiting for some magical formula, some magical feeling, some song. And I believe God inspires us. I believe God at times just breathes it. I, I believe that. But I want to tell you, you can tap into a source that's richer than the stuff humans make up. It's a gift from God. It's called faith. Coupled with the Holy Spirit. Guys, you can't lose a dog. And if you're looking for a second wind, hello, that second wind is not a song. It is the Spirit of God in you by radical faith on your part.